I have a very, 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 very interesting, blessed guest. <laughs> this brother right here, man, I've known him 20 plus years at, uh, at Calvary Costa Mesa, and I was one of the first persons he started to, you know, reach out to and doing the uh, sound team and all that. I remember the first time he was doing sound at Calvary. <laughs> I was there. We were rolling up the cords. And uh, I just want to introduce my brother, the Miss, the one and only Mike Miss Cuff. Hey there. Welcome to PNV. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's been a crazy long, two, three, four years yeah, long. Since we caught up. Right. And getting back to that, I remember the first day that I started doing sound on staff. It's you and me that showed yeah. up in the morning, like five in the morning. Five o'clock in the morning. And it, it was just you and me, and I'm opening up the door, and we're just going, I can't believe it's Sunday, and we're coming in this early, and like, is this really happening? And I did that for 20 years. First day that I started doing sound, it was five in the morning, and it was you and I. We walk up, and we're fumbling with the key, trying to get in the door. We're Six going like, what now. are we doing? I think it was more like five. We yeah. used to set up ahead of time. Instead of the night before, we used to set up that morning. It was just crazy. Yeah. So we couldn't believe that we would we were doing that. And how many years later we were still doing it? Yeah. You know, so that was crazy. We had some really good times hanging out in the green room there at Calvary Costa Mesa. And yeah. We could write a book. That's for sure. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I did it before I left, and I did that coming back when I came back from Russia. I was rolling up. I'm like, wait, yeah. did I do this 15 years ago? Right. Exactly. So yeah, man, I'm glad he had some time. Um, it's been a couple of years since I actually seen him. It's the first time I've seen him. Anyway. Right. So I'm glad he had time out of his busy schedule. Have we seen schedule. each other since the lockdown or no? Uh, this is no. It, I drove crazy. past your house, but I saw your <laughs> truck there, but I didn't get a chance to stop by. But um, So oh, what man. you been up to, man? What's going on these days? How's the music? He's a sound engineer. I'm still doing and, the sound. Uh, I was trying to reinvent myself, you know. During I lost my job in 20 years, you know, um, because of the lockdown. You know, yeah. I was furloughed for a while, and well, I was sent home with pay, and and so it was interesting times. The weirdest thing about that is um, maybe I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I had a, mu a music project that I've been trying to do for years. And when the whole lockdown thing happened, I thought, this is the time. You know, I got sent home with pay for like yeah. five weeks and then furloughed for another five weeks. And I was working on music so hard. Yeah. And my friend, I have a friend named Tony that um, he was one of the guys that got me into pro audio stuff like back in the 90s. And we both built our home studios together separately. But, you know, we were going out to Hollywood and ABN microphones and stuff like that. So... I spent a lot of time in, in Tony's studio during the okay. lockdown, you know, and so I got a project that I was hoping to get off the ground yeah. during that time, and and we put a lot of work into it, and there's it's still, you know, like pulling teeth trying to yeah. trying to get it done. So I think we'll we see. all learned something doing doing lockdown. Yeah, know, me starting yeah. This stuff and. Everybody had to learn new things. Right. Exactly. You know, virtual virtual recording and. You know, it was crazy. Yeah, the man. Zoom thing was yeah. coming in. And I totally, I seen this years ago. I knew like the internet was going to be a place where people were going to maybe even try to play together in separate places. I've, I had these inventions when I was working at uh, 
in the sound room at Costa Mesa going, oh, I foresee people working in different rooms and, you know, the whole Zoom thing. I foresaw that and I was trying to get people to, you know, uh, you know, to get a team to try to get something going. But yeah. obviously, you know, somebody always beats me to those kind of things. <laughs> so take me to when you first started playing. Now, Mike's a guitar singer. He's also a drummer. So yeah, that was my first, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, my first uh, instrument, for sure. So, yeah, take me back, you know, when all this the music started to some of your influences and, and how did that come about and then, you know, share about what you're doing okay. now. Okay, yeah, well, I could start, I could start way back as far <laughs> as my good old parents, you know. The cool thing about my parents, they were 50, they were from the 50s, that was their era, right? And they loved music and... The cool thing about my parents is they met at the Hollywood Palladium during a dance, you know, so so they met on the sidewalk after the dance and my, my dad just was begging my mom, who was just, you know, like a movie star status, like as far as looks goes, and he was nine years younger than her. So it was cool that my parents met at that, you know, and I, I got into music, but the super cool thing is I don't remember ever asking for a drum set, but... One Christmas morning, I, I was five years old, I had my first drum kit. So I was a, you know, I was a musician in the 60s, you know, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that was my first drum kit. I really didn't know, you know, or l learn much from it. I think my dad used to, like, teach me some stuff. And then, um, you know, back in, when high school started, a lot of people were getting into music, you know, when I was, like, 14. And, uh, and so, you know, I got my second drum kit then and i wound up playing with a guy named troy and back then it was so funny because it was like peer pressure type of stuff i wanted to be a musician but i really didn't know how to play and i wound up telling troy like yeah i can play drums and i played it off all the way till we you know we had the, a real garage band back yeah. then like you know with, with that we started at this time i played it all the way up until it was the downbeat in our, my <laughs> garage and i didn't know what i was doing and I thought Troy was going to be so mad at me, yeah. and he was so cool. He taught me how to play. And the interesting thing about Troy is he used to play with James Hetfield okay. and another garage band at the time. So okay. he was like in the original Metallica yeah. and stuff. Okay. And so a handful of musicians that I grew up would play with James. And the you know, interesting thing that happened out of that was one day uh one of the musicians that played with him we all showed up at Troy's house just so it wasn't planned and one of the drummers is going i'm like pete best of the beatles because because james really wanted me to be his drummer you yeah. know so yeah i got into music then and then it, it's funny thing is troy was instrumental in me playing guitar too my grandparents um both um, grandfathers they were both musicians and they played together and my grandfather tried to get me to you know, play guitar when I was five, and I really never caught on. He had this guitar with really high action, you know. But, <laughs> but, um, but my dad, this is a whole other story, so I won't get deep into it, but my dad and brother wound up dying in a car accident, and Troy um, showed up at my job, and he played two songs on his guitar. And he didn't say it, but I knew, I knew one of them I don't know if it was just, it seemed like a spiritual thing. It seemed like one of them just totally reminded me of my dad. And the other one reminded me of my brother. And what it was, the second one was Forever Young. Mm -hmm. And the other one was a Beatles song. 
and I was always going to remember my brother forever young, you know. And I'm all, man, how did Troy pull that off? How did you, it just seemed like it just really spoke to me. And yeah. that was the day I grabbed the guitar out of Troy's hand right there. I'm all, what? What's this like a C and a, a, a F and a C? And it's like, wait, I, I can play. And I, right there, I was playing Forever Young. I'm all, oh, okay, cool. You didn't even know music. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've dabbled in guitar a little yeah, bit, but yeah. it was the first time I'm all, you know, I picked up the car, guitar right there. And I've always wanted to play guitar. Well, I was always writing, felt I could write songs. And as a drummer, as you probably know, I don't know, I had no creative input in all the bands I was in growing up as a drummer. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so uh, maybe I need to play guitar, you know? <laughs> so that was a good move. But, you know, I love drums. You know, I just, I never felt like, you know, I was really mastered the drums or anything. But, you know, so, or the guitar for for that matter. So now you, you sing too as well, right? Yes, and that's so another did thing. you take vocal lessons? So well, at, well, after you picked up the guitar, did you take guitar lessons and singing lessons? Well, here's the weird thing. I was I could never sing or hold a note at all. And I think when I became a Christian, I was able to hold a note. It was <laughs> the weirdest thing. I remember I was in a, a garage band when I was 14. I had some friends that would play like um, journey songs, you know, oh, back yeah, in the yeah, eight, yeah. early 80s or maybe even a little earlier than that. And they're like, let's get Mike to sing because I could, you know, I used to like yell, like, you know, like <laughs> hoot and holler all the time. And that's all I could do is hoot and holler, you know. So, but when I became a Christian, it was like, I felt like, wow, you know, I can hold a note now. This yeah. is weird. It felt like a total God thing. And I did at one point take some um, vocal lessons okay. too for. Okay. Maybe half a year or so. So now you realize who are some of your musical influences? Because I definitely know one is the Beatles. That's yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. Every, so, yeah, the reason he says that is yeah. because um, <laughs> I guess my songs they say sound Beatley and you know, John. He's Lennon. got some good material. So well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and obviously me, as far as everybody else, I think we're all were influenced by that band, which is crazy. You know, I think it's. Almost like how Chuck Smith inspired people to yeah. like go out in the mission field yeah. and be pastors. I think, you know, the Beatles and the British invasion, <clears throat> British you know. Invasion. But speaking of my, I was, I can even go way back because my, of my parents being into music. They weren't musicians, but they loved music. And I seem to like tell people, like ask them, but nobody seems to really remember like maybe in my little world, you know, it's like. Growing up in the 70s as a kid, there was like music everywhere. Mm -hmm. There was jingles on the playground, and if yeah. you learned a song, everybody would sing along. I remember being on the bus at five years old, and we would be driving by, like, uh, we would drive by this high school that was, you know, the, during the hippie days, and we were, five, you know, like five or so. And on the bus, we'd be doing sing-alongs. I remember clearly singing, like, Bob Ran, you know, by the Beach Boys with the whole bus singing along. And it's like back then music was everywhere, you know, and um, I remember just really being even excited about music as a toddler. Mm -hmm. And one of my first memories of really liking music is my mom to get me to take a bath with uh, she would play um, that one song about Splish Splash. I was taking oh, a bath <laughs> and that was her trick to get me to take a bath as a as a little baby. <laughs> 
But when that song came yeah. on, I was so excited just hearing that rhythm. You splish splash first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then even you know my some of my earlier influences too was like even with my parents being from the fifties and you know my dad kind of being a greaser yeah. that he had the you know he had the rolled up um, sleeves with the yeah. lucky strikes right here and yeah. stuff you know the James Dean you know yeah <laughs> so my dad had that look growing up and they were love dancing and as a family family we would be driving down the street singing along to the radio and, and stuff but um but yeah like when chuck berry would come on the tv my mom would call me you know as a little toddler because she knew i would get totally excited about it yeah. even like you know people like um mama cass and and people like that would come yeah, on i was yeah. all excited about it so so yeah i was influenced by all those 60s you know all that cool music that was yeah. you know happening and then my parents being in the 50s and all that so so yeah i took some <clears throat> so emma you were you were in emma for six months yeah six okay. months it was a cool course it was like something that would um you know i think it was an all-day thing maybe like a six six hour, six hour yeah, day I heard, thing. i heard it can be brutal <laughs> it was brutal it was like you know. Yeah, the cool thing about that, you know, I, you know, there was guys like um, Eddie Kramer who recorded Hendrix and stuff like that. Yeah. That's the kind of guys yeah, we gotta yeah. hear from and hear, yeah. hear hear their perspective and Those are and so it was, you know, guys. yeah, <clears throat> real world experience there, like yeah. and hearing from those guys and you know some of the bands that would come in there were like Dream Theater, like those are the kind of guys we gotta yeah. get some of our chops down on with recording and stuff so that was fun so now <clears throat> fast forward to your engineering background how did that all come about i mean we, we we said earlier that you started your first gig at calvary costa mesa right <laughs> so how did the engineering come about and where you are today with that now <clears throat> well that's very interesting because i never really seen myself as an engineer right and then um, I wanted to be involved at church to be accountable and, in, you know, and have something to do there. And I think it was Odin Fong that I talked to at the time that was, I think he might have encouraged me to get into like just helping out with putting up chairs or yeah, something yeah. one day. And then I started thinking, you know what, I, I think I'll get into sound because I, that's my thing. I think God's putting on my heart to be, do music and possibly at the church so it'd be good to have that you know know you know the inner workings of all that and might as well learn something that mm -hmm. has to do with my gift and so i remember they had a, a musician's fellowship i think it was with uh, daryl mansfield right okay, i think yeah, he was on that did it before i got there so yeah so i walk up like you know see yeah, i wanted to do sound at church yeah why not you know and, and it was like so i walk up to the sound guy and i'm all hey can i help out with sound you know i was all excited about it and he's like yeah right get in line you know i'm all oh i wasn't expecting that you know so okay you know so that didn't happen so i backed off and then one day i was going to one of the college and career mm -hmm. young adult things at the time when i was a young man and the pastor said that hey we need a sound guy you know and i go hey i don't come here all the time but can i do it and he's all yeah come to the meeting and so Next thing you know, I was, you know, I guess I was a faithful volunteer and 
they Calvary Chapel started to try to get me to come on staff and they were having me help out with the men's conferences and these bigger gigs and I had no idea that was going to happen you know and so I never really felt like I was like the engineer type you know and, and all that and you know I feel like I'm more of the creative side but um, I know God's given me some really like logical understanding with you know being able to like you know, yeah. with inventions and, and, and log- I scored really high in some logic tests where some people couldn't believe okay. it one time. They came out from the back. But, you know, I, I feel like I'm also, I feel like I'm really slow, you know, at things. But if I keep up with it, you know, yeah, I can get yeah, good at it. So I never really thought I'd be, you know, an engineer, so to speak. But um, I just kept at it and it yeah. felt like God really gave me like, more of an intuitive thing about it, you know, yeah. rather than, you know, being the egghead type that <laughs> I could read a, a manual go in one ear and out the other, you yeah. know what I mean? But I learned from hands on, so I just kept at it. And I think the thing that's interesting with that is um, I feel like the Lord has given me like a vision of things that have never been done with music mm-hmm. before. That's mm-hmm. like my thing. Like, it's like my life's passion to like, almost be like a mad scientist in the recording room room and 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 try to get this vision the Lord's given me, you know. And I feel speaking about the Beatles and that kind of stuff, I feel like um I feel like the Lord has shown me like the next step with with creativeness of music. Like almost like things that could really change music as as we know it. I think it's that bizarre, you know. And I've always wanted to like see if I can get it off the ground to, yeah. you know, to, uh, to glorify the Lord with that. But, you know, who knows if that will ever happen. It will. You know? It will. Oh, well, thank you. We'll get it out there. Yeah. So we'll see. And, it, and it seems like I have a calling, at least I feel like really led to, which I think is cool to reach out to unbelievers and people in the industry. You know, I was working, yeah. I worked at the, in the film industry for a little while, okay. right before Calvary. And that was a, very interesting um, story on how that all came about and what the Lord did for a little period of time. But mm-hmm. um, but it seems like God's like giving me little stepping stones with all this crazy vision that I have, you know. And, and one cool story that happened. I don't know if you know. I might. I don't know if I told you all this stuff because I think it was about the time I didn't see it for mm-hmm. a while. But I had this friend at church. She kept on saying, "Mike, I got in with this producer and." in the industry in Hollywood and I can get you in this one gig and I really feel the Lord wants you at this gig, you know. And I didn't think much about it. I was busy, you know, doing sound at Calvary, you know, and I'm doing, okay, yeah, yeah, Saturday, two weeks from now, sure, I'll go. And like almost every day she was texting me to come. And I wind up um, the day of going, okay, I'm going to go to this thing. And she gets a hold of me and says, don't come. I can't get you in anymore. (laughs) Oh, no. And I go, you've been saying that God was telling you that I'm supposed to be at this gig, right? So I go, I'm going. And she goes, Mike, I can't get you in. Well, I don't know if you can get me in or not, but you told me God and I feel God's telling me to come now. So I'm going to go. (laughs) The weirdest thing happened. I go all the way. It was at Sony's Pictures lot. It was at Sony's Pictures. And I I just drove there out, you know, to the L.A. area. And, um, or whatever is in the valley, I forget. But, yeah. anyways, out that way. 
So the weirdest thing happens. I drive up. I have come in some back way. The security guards are telling me to park a certain way. And and me and my friend are still texting and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying, you know, I, I, I don't want to. She said something changed where she couldn't yeah. get me in anymore. And I didn't want to okay. get her in trouble. Yeah. Long story short, I was able to get in by the security guards that I oh, okay. met in the back. Yeah. She goes, Mike, it was the weirdest thing. You came walking in and there was like a line of 12 security guards that just, you know, went separate ways, right? And then you come walking through. And the weirdest thing that happened that day, because I have all this vision on yeah. my mind of what I felt God showed me with music. The, I walked into um, this pep talk from Quincy Jones. Oh. giving the best engineers, the greatest engineers of our time, yeah. a pep talk about music and engineering and to keep going. Yeah. Where music's taking a hit right now um, with, you know, the internet and, and yeah. the business. Yeah. But he, and I looked at it like, I didn't even think of it at the time. But I thought about it later. I'm all, I walked in, I feel just like I'm just like this engineer. Yeah, I am this engineer that, you know, I just work, do church stuff, yeah. you know, and I don't, I'm not a great engineer. But I, in hindsight, I went, oh my gosh, the Lord had me in on this pep talk with the, the greatest engineers of our time. Maybe he will do something with this crazy vision. I don't know. And it from Quincy Jones. Yeah. And that night I met, um, I, uh, they were given the, the, what is what do you call it? The Giant Award to mm -hmm. Bruce Swedeen, who was one of the greatest engineers who walked the earth, um, and he was he was there, and he actually died in 2020, along with Al Schmidt. Mm -hmm. So Al Schmidt and um, Bruce Swedeen. Bruce Swedeen was a guy that was like Quincy Jones's right hand man, recorded all the, you know, the Michael Jackson stuff, and he goes way back to like Count Basie and all mm -hmm. that with the big bands. But he did like, you know, Thriller and Off okay, the Wall. Yeah. So he was known to be like him and Al Schmidt, like the greatest two engineers that walked the earth. So I was able to walk up to um, Bruce and I actually told him, I, I go, hey, I have this vision, you know, that I feel was to create stuff with music that's never been done before. And he, he actually said, okay, you got one of those digits, take my email. So wow. I thought maybe God was going to do something yeah. with me and him, but... You know, he we went back and forth with the email one or two times, and yeah, nothing ever came of that. And he still, at the time, recorded at home. But it was super cool that God gave me that little stepping stone and encouragement, like you know, keep going, don't yeah, give up yeah. on this project. You know, yeah. I'm putting you in cool places oh. that time. And somebody told you not to come, and you went anyway. Yeah, no, they, you were disobedient. Yeah, he <laughs> still went. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Sometimes we have to do that. Man. Yeah, exactly. So now, so how did how did now that you you got engineering, start getting your foot into that? How did Calvary play a part? First of all, how did you become a believer? Oh wow, that's a really you know long briefly because <laughs> no, I don't I'm, have much battery life left. I'm long winded. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> become a believer that led up to working at Calvary that's oh that's a very interesting story too um I think well I mean you guys be the judge of it's interesting or not but, but I think God's doing cool stuff man. yeah so anyways 
the funny thing is, you know, I was just a partier, you know, that grew up and, you know, when I was a teenager, it was the 80s, you know, so, so I, I grew up in, in that party scene, and the weird thing about the party scene, I don't know if it happens with everybody, but it was happening with us all the time as partiers, we would be, you know, there's some hills we would go drink beers on and, you know, and party and, and then it would get to a point when everybody was high or stoned or uh, drunk. There was always a part where God seemed to like start speaking to us. Like we would be going, oh, wow, look at all the stars there. There must be a God, you know, and all that kind of stuff would happen. And then, you know, there was, a, I don't know what you 2 was trying to say with their song. Like I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But I remember it was about that time where that song was really popular. And I, and it would, it was, it said stuff like I, you know, the beginning lyrics is I have climbed the highest mountain. I had run through the fields only to be with you. And I, I felt as a partier, that's where I was. Like I'd be like partying with friends in the hills, like I said, or whatever. And it'd always get to this point where the conversation would come up to God. And then I'd find myself like going off to the side alone, like going like, God, are you real? You know what I mean? And then uh, there was people there. I had people in my life that were witnessing to me and all that during that time and funny thing about how this ties with doing sound and Calvary and all is um, one time I was actually running from the police because of some vandalism I had done at the time as a teenager about the time people were witnessing to me and stuff and um, I was I just went to a, a couple times. I was invited to this outreach where um, it was Chuck Swindoll's church, which was down the street from where I grew up. So I'm running from the police, running down this sidewalk. And I remember, oh, here's we're coming up on this church. I remember being at an outreach concert here. And I walked in this fellowship hall type place, started the door was open. I started unplugging the soundboard. And I'm totally drunk, running from the cops and take this soundboard and go oh running down the street and put it in some bushes. And my my friends that were, we were all pretty much unbelievers, you know. They're going, Mike, you're going to hell for this one. <laughs> you you're, literally you're, went in <laughs> and unplugged the whole yeah. soundboard. Yes, yes. And I, yeah, so we went and we picked it up. I think we're probably driving my, v, v, yeah, my VW bus, I think, probably at the time. And... Uh, you know, I never got, you know, to take advantage of that mixing board. It actually wound up with some punk band, I think, that were, was kind of popular. I forget who they were that ended up wow. with that. Because I was in the OC punk scene a little bit. That's and crazy. kind of affiliated with some people. But, yeah, after I got saved, I actually went and, uh, you know, asked for forgiveness for the church. And they had, like, their... The well, yeah, there was, like... The yeah, I didn't have the soundboard on me. It was long gone, you know, the, the punkers that used the, yeah. the console. Too bad you know. they didn't have the soundboard. <laughs> I can just hear Chuck now. Oh my. Yeah, right. Well, this was Chuck's Dolls Church. It yeah, wasn't okay. Smith. But yeah, he still had a deep voice like that. But but um, but the funny thing was, is um, you know, that when that all happened, it's just funny that I wound up, you know, doing sound at Calvary Costa Mesa. It's like, wow. you know, because that, that like felt like one of the weirdest things in my life that yeah, I did. Yeah. I wasn't, I was never, you know, someone that was a thief and all yeah, that. I just yeah. kind of hit this weird spot when I got into, you know, partying and stuff yeah. for a little bit. And so, oh, I was starting to say when I went back to the church, 
their, I guess it was her the facilities manager that I went and said, hey, you know, I stole this console here a year or two back or whatever it was. I just want to pay you guys back, you know, I, I, you know, and uh, and the guy goes, you know what? He goes, <laughs> he goes, I was I was here that night. You know, I think he was working as a security guard or something. He's all, how did you steal that board? <laughs> I go, you know what? I was drunk. I tried the door. It was open. I just went. He's all, we could not figure out. We were all, wow. you know, we were watching things yeah. and everything, and we could not figure yeah. it out. I go, I don't know. You know wow. I, just, I just walked in and walked out. But so he goes, you know what? He goes, he goes, it was like a hundred dollar deductible on the insurance. He's all, just give us a hundred bucks. And so I don't. I think wow. at the time, I think I flipped him a fifty at the time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, then so you know. Just to, to end up, actually, when I was um, when when I was working one time or at the church, and we were doing a pastors conference, and all of a sudden I had Bill Walden walk up and just you know chit chat for a minute, and Bill Walden was a, was the singer of uh, what what, uh, what was that punk band that he was in? He was a, he was in that band that. Um, was in the outreach at Chuck Swindoll's church. Okay. So it was weird. It was like almost I saw Kim full circle. He was yeah. the one that was witnessing to me where, you know, using the board that I eventually ripped yeah. off. And then here he was standing next to me at a pastor's <laughs> conference while I was tweaking the knobs. And I'm all, almost everything came full circle. You know, this is weird. Wow. You know, so. That's awesome. Yeah, man. so that's how the, all that happened. And it was kind of, you know, like I said, I got into to sound and you know yeah. just to be involved in church and to yeah. you know learn more about you know the musicianship so. and how things are plugged in yeah. and all that stuff yeah the musicianship don't we know about the musician mike it's too loud mike can you give me <laughs> mike can you do <laughs> don't we know about the oh, musicianship oh my gosh <laughs> We don't have There's time stories. to tell you the story, but there's some musicianship, that's for sure. That's for sure. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh yeah. So, yeah, dude, you know, and we're living in some crazy times right now. And, uh, you know, everybody's searching for something, searching for truth. What can you share with people out there that don't know Christ, that don't, they're looking for something, they're looking for some, whether alcohol, drugs, whatever, they're trying to find it to replace the emptiness what can you say to somebody that is searching for they know maybe they don't know that god is real or they yeah. know god's real and they haven't had an opportunity to to give their life to him what would you say to that person right you know like something that was actually on my heart that well you know probably lead up to exactly what you're asking is um when i, I just got done playing music here before i came into the interview and um, I don't know if I even told you this yet, but I shared with, with the crowd out there. Um, I, I still do sound to this day. You know, I don't work at Calvary Costa Mesa mm -hmm. anymore, but I actually um, do sound at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. And it's a total blessing to be there. And I also do sound at a place called Campus Jacks, where there's a lot okay. of... Yeah. You know, do you know about that yep. place? Yep. The trippiest part, the day I said yes to working at Calvary of the Harbor, Golden calls me, who's the head engineer at Campus Jacks, okay. and asked me if I wanted to work there. And the weirdest thing, it was me, Golden, and Will, Chuck's grandson, yeah. that were, you know, on Chuck's crew. 
we were all working at Campus Jacks together, and we couldn't believe it. <laughs> we're all, how wow. in the world does this happen? Wow. And the cool thing about being there, you know, like I said earlier, I felt kind of called to be in the world and be a light, is, you know, one of the owners is uh, a, a Christian guy, okay. and and then I don't know about the other one, but he's like really cool guy. Like he reaches out and feeds the homeless and stuff like that. But um, I say all that to say, you know, I was working as an engineer still, and um, and God might be leading me into like maybe being a park ranger. That's another okay. story. But but I'm still at this point doing engineer stuff. So I worked this event where I got paid in cash. You know, I had a little healthy amount of cash on me. I go to the ATM last night and you know the inevitable happened I wound up getting almost I almost got robbed last night the guy attempted to rob me really? yes wow. yes and it was the weirdest thing because they always tell you to be aware yeah, of your yeah, surroundings yeah, you know yeah. and I just realized I really learned something it doesn't matter if you're aware of your surroundings yeah. if you don't have a yeah. gun on you it doesn't yeah, matter it doesn't matter <laughs> Yeah, you can be in the highest city, Newport yeah. Beach, and all that yes. matter. And I, I went to Irvine, and I was going to a well-lit area. You know, it was next to the gas station. It was 11 o'clock at night, but there was people around and guys working on maintenance in the bank. And I go, it looks pretty safe, but I'm still yeah. aware of my surroundings, looking around. Next thing you know, I have this guy yelling at me, like, um, do not turn around. Or I'll, He didn't say these words, but he was looted that he had a gun. And so he was basically saying... You look at me and I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm all, okay, how do you deal with this one? You're, yeah. you know, I always have my mind to see what your attacker is going to do and know what his next move in is. Now I got a guy telling me he's going to kill me if I look at him. I'm all, wow, this is a whole different thing. Wow. You know? So, long story short, the guy, I guess, wound up sizing me up or it was a God thing. He wound up just taking off. And I was so livid. I was so mad. I'm all, Here's a guy that threatened my life and threatened to take my money. And I, the funny thing is, I'm like, like making sure my, my bills are like, you know, straight because yeah. they get kicked out, you know, and stuff if they're not. And um, next thing you know, I got these $200 bills that keep on shooting back out of the ATM. I'm all, that's just my luck, you know. He's probably standing there. No, he actually was. He's okay. all, I should take your money. And then, like, every time I would yet look at him, it would escalate. Like, uh, he was acting like he was going to kill me. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, long story short, he stepped behind the building out of, you know, that was like, he was eight feet away. He was just out of my, um, out of my um, sight. So, I didn't know if he was literally just right there waiting for me or... You know, or if he took off running, I had no idea. And I go, okay, instead of finishing this transaction, I better just get to my yeah, vehicle. Yeah. And, uh, and I did. And um, I found myself so livid at this person where I called the cops. And they go, you, you want us to talk? You want to stay and have us talk to you? I go, no. I go, I go I'm going to help you guys look for him because he's on foot. Mm -hmm. And they're Okay. And I found my, in my heart, I was so mad. Mm -hmm. I wanted yeah. this guy to be hurt yeah. or go to jail yeah. or get caught. Yeah. And, um, and I say all that to say, I recently I started watching a documentary on Brian Wilson, who's always also one of the guys that I'm inspired by, of course, with his writings. And he has this song called Love and Mercy. And I saw this really cool rendition of it by this boys choir from from England 
and it's just such a sweet song. And I, re I was realizing that me as a Christian, I was like, it was hard for me to pray for this guy like I should have. You know what I mean? I have, I have eternal life, but this guy steps away from hell. You know what I mean? And so when I, I had Jen, who I got to play with up here, she was encouraging me to like, oh, Mike, talk about your story and maybe you can tell people and encourage them towards the Lord somehow. And when she said that, I had no, no thought of like going up there and turning it around until I started trying to work on that Brian Wilson song to possibly play it up here tonight. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't able to learn it fast enough, but I realized as a Christian, my heart should have been more towards praying for this guy and not wanting to see him get hurt, you know, because mm -hmm. it was God's, I think God had mercy on me, I think, because if I would have found him, I probably could have took matters into yeah. my own hands yeah. and done something stupid. I was so mad, you know, so I just think... You know, we have all these people that are out there looking for something, willing to rob people, you know. But I think as Christians, we really need to, like, you know, how that song, it turned around on me. It's like, love and mercy is what you need tonight. And I always looked at it like I was singing to an unbeliever. Like, hey, you need love. But no, I need love and mercy for you. You know what I mean? For the unbeliever, you know. Yeah. Situation. Yeah. So, so, so. Yeah. Maybe you know. I read the the words yeah. of it out there, and maybe I'll, I'll read it right here. But you know, I was really inspired by the song and want want to learn it. But Brian writes. He goes. I was sitting in a crummy movie with my hands on my chin. All the violence that occurs seems like we never win. Love and mercy. That's what you need tonight. So love and mercy to you and your friends tonight. I was laying in my room and the news came on TV. A lot of people out there hurting and it really scares me. Love and mercy, that's what you need tonight. So love and mercy to you and your friends tonight. I was standing in a bar, watching all the people there. Oh, the loneliness in this world, oh, it's just not fair. Love and mercy to you tonight. So oh, that's deep. Yeah, it's deep. Yeah. So it's like, basically, you know, what I, I, I couldn't encourage the people out there. It's like, we need love and mercy and God's a, a God of love and mercy. And that's where yeah. we're going to find it is, 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 you know, from him and from what he has finished work on the cross. Yeah. And the coolest thing I think that I could tell people is sometimes people complicate the whole gospel. It's really easy, and I, I think this is a gold nugget. Like, this is a piece of wisdom I picked up along the way from an old man. You know, but, um, is that I, 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 is, um, it's simple just to cry out to God and ask Him, Lord, if you're w real, show me. You know, that's all you gotta do, you know, and God, God will show you, you know. It's that simple. If you if you say that, and you mean that in your heart, God's gonna blow your mind. You know, so I think that's my little bit of wisdom that I can yeah. tell people. Like that's that. awesome, man. Oh man, I know we can go on and on and on. And on. <laughs> I know we can. I know we can. It's been great, dude. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna have something to share. That's why you know second best to last. I got Jen coming up. Hopefully she's still out there. Yeah, I'll you go know. get her. 
But uh, man, it's great seeing you yeah, again. Thank you, know, you brother. I really be the last yeah, time. Yeah, you know? I know it's yeah. been a while. We've been kind of going separate ways, yeah. doing our own thing. But you know, we always connect. When I when I saw you on the uh, program, I saw the mist. <laughs> And I'm like, that can't be, because I call him the Mist. What's up, Mist? <laughs> and I ain't took the name. You got to trademark that. <laughs> you got to make some t-shirts, man. The Mist. You know? Do you remember what your name was when they would call me the Mist? What I call you? Oh, Funkalicious. Funkalicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I forgot who gave Karan me that Funkalicious. name. I forgot who gave me that name. I, I, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't take it wrong now. <laughs> This has been great awesome. having Mike, man. It's yeah, so great. thanks for great having me. Um, hopefully, um, you know, we get a chance to see you again, bro. Yeah, definitely. We're we'll going to have to spend some time. Stuff. We're going to have to go grab that burger like we yeah. were talking about. I mean, this has been, you guys don't understand, you know. I mean, I've, I said it in a previous interview, there needs to be more Christian events. People complain right. there's no Christian events around, especially now. So this is like the first for everything. So hopefully uh, we can keep doing this. Man. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even know you were going to be here. I found out like by accident on the way here. I didn't know I was going to be here. I didn't know this till Thursday. I got the Facebook yeah. thing and I'm like, I'm there, man. Yeah, this oh, is. Man. I was so blessed to hear yeah. that you were going to be here and yeah, see what you're doing. Man, this man. is a, such a cool thing. So hopefully uh, we keep this stuff going, you know, because yeah. we got to get we got to get the message out. We right. got to have live you know things going on so yeah i kind of feel like god was really going to do something tonight and i didn't know it was you man <laughs> this is awesome <laughs> thanks for joining pnp mike amen god all bless right, you love it brother. bro all right thanks for watching power Pounders on youtube and facebook you can also listen to the podcast on anchor fm spotify and apple Podcasts. god bless